How's it going everybody? Jesse here. We're going to be taking a little bit of a different approach for the next few episodes. We're going to have one of the hosts interview a guest while the other host takes a week off and we're going to see how that works. This week, Jason is interviewing his friend, Casper Holtzen, who's a film major here at UWL. And we actually had a great episode, and I think you guys are going to like it a lot. And this isn't really due to us having different schedules. We think it's just more efficient to have one-on-one interviews rather than, you know, two-on-one. Throwing a third person into the conversation can sometimes make it a little overwhelming. So we're hoping that this kind of makes it a little more easy to listen to and that you guys like it. Yeah, so let us know what you think and enjoy the episode. talking to people and i love like uh i i love seeing different people's perspectives like having conversations with them and like even if you're super hardcore nerdy i'll talk to you i'll hang out with you totally but like why dude there's a block there people don't do that people don't have that mentality at all no exactly and like and and i i understand why because i throw up that block as soon as one of those people's like hey come play a game with me because i'm like yeah you're just gonna like run run house on everything yeah but See, I don't, it's not that it's a Wisconsin thing. I think it's a college thing. Okay. It's like that weird, I get this, you get that vibe and like, I don't know if it's the same thing in RTF, Mm -hmm. but in business, it's like everyone's too cool to talk in like a discussion. You know, that's a college thing, right? So, okay. I think, I think that's definitely the big difference between RTF and business because like radio, TV, film, well, with business, you have a bunch of people who's like, I'm, I'm just going to college. I'm going to get a degree. Yeah. I'm going to like, hope I get hired by like an accounting firm exactly. or, or something where the RTF people, they're driven. They're, well, it's not business. People are driven too, but I think yeah. the overall average of RTF people are more driven. That, that's a, that's a very nice way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you get a, you get a lot of people in the RTF program, especially at UW Oshkosh, just because it's a smaller university, um, who are, not necessarily it's it's like business where it's like yeah i didn't think i was going to do this but i like movies so <laughs> yeah you, you get those people who do you know do you know people like that that come to mind that it's like they're in rtf but they actually don't give a fuck every other person they just like read imd review imdb reviews yeah so it's uh you you have a you have a vast plethora of like armchair critics See, uh, that'd be me. If I was an RTF major, yeah. I would be that person. Yeah. But I didn't. I no, didn't you, go you'd, be, you'd be cool about it, though, because you know how to respect those. But you know how to give actual criticism. Oh, I'm very critical, for sure. And, and that's okay. Crit, crit, I'm, I'm not demonizing. But being, being critical sucks because most critics can't do even 10% of what the actual artist did in a movie. True, yeah. They don't know shit about actually doing it. Yeah. They just criticize the work, and the, which the, sucks. The, the best thing about that, too, like... Uh, Oh, there's that, there's that Indian pale ale going off. Yeah, number two. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> you got it. Um, uh, where was it? Oh, so uh, oh, so uh, you you know uh, that saying where it's like uh, it's a pretty famous saying where the um the author says the drapes are blue, and then it goes down this oh, entire yeah. the, the entire list like well the critic says the drapes are blue because this person's dealing with their inner sexuality and how it makes them sad and. Mm. Uh, the um, 
I, that's about all I got for that. <laughs> I, I, I've heard it like once, but it stuck with me because um, when it comes to film and stuff, every single element is actually thought out. Because it's, here, here, let, let, let me rephrase. Not, not ever. I know. I think I know where you're going at. There, yeah. Is that like every element's thought out, but not every element is going to get caught on by the audience. Exactly. Like I'm going to watch a movie and I'm going to catch on to like five out of the 10 at the most elements that like the main elements of the film rather than like the writer or director mm-hmm. or producer or whatever they know all the elements exactly well it's a it's the thing where it's like uh i i think you're giving the writer director and producer a lot of credit here because uh it's oh, it's the thing where it's like yeah. when the author says the shades are blue he just wanted fucking blue shades he didn't get <laughs> he didn't actually care but he just needed to do any that's color. because he was one person when you're talking about a production like big hollywood stuff you have upwards of like um, 5,000 people, especially on like the Marvel stuff. Uh, actually, no, that's more like 15,000. Yeah, I think uh, it's a lot of people. It's, it's a lot of people. You ever watch the credits? Oh my god. the credits in those movies are an hour long. <laughs> yeah, this is a drinking game trying to find those names. It's nuts, yeah, it literally is. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's like you can say an author in like a single person uh, doesn't think of everything. When it comes to a movie, every single element is planned out at least to some extent. And that includes the bad movies. That makes bad movies even more excusable when they're like big blockbusters because that means that they, uh, a group of people deliberately thought this would be a good idea. Based off of like... And, and it's, it's, you ever like have those like realizations, it doesn't have to be movies, but anything where you're like, who, who approved this? Yeah, exactly. It's like something bad happens in like a business or company or movie or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, who, who wrote this out and five people checked off on it? Oh my God. This is terrible. Well, Who the like, fuck did that? DC movies. That's the that's the oh, DC thing. movies. I hate them. Oh, I, I watched except I watched, for Joker. I love Joker. Joker was amazing. I don't even count that as a DC movie. <laughs> like it does. It doesn't. But it's fit DC with the universe. Rest of it. It's DC. It's universe. not DC movie, but it's DC universe. Yeah, yeah. Because DC movies has like a bad connotation to it. No, absolutely. Where you hear like, oh, it's a DC. It, movie. It's a dirty word now. Yeah, like Shazam. Like yeah. Shazam was really cool until you're like, oh wait, but it's a, it's a DC movie. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, oh. Yeah. In the kind of room. Did you watch the Jack Snyder cut? Or yeah. Zack Snyder? Zack, Sorry, Zack, Zack Snyder. Jack I Snyder. did. Did you? I have not yet, and I don't think I will because it got so many bad reviews. Can I give my quick rundown on it? Give a quick rundown. I don't think I'm not going to spoil anything because, first off, you've, I, you've seen the movie. Uh, first of all. You've seen the movie with less context is the whole point of that's what it is. <laughs> that That's terrible. <laughs> what? You, it's longer, but it has less context? What? It's. You know it's it's the same movie, yeah. but with just more stuff in it. Yeah. So they basically took the same movie and they put all the recordings that they had. Like they basically just every take they would have him say his lines. Not every take, obviously, but like every final take from one scene. Okay. They probably took, I'm guessing, ninety percent, maybe more, of the scenes that they filmed That's and gross. just threw them in. And it's a four-hour movie. And don't get me wrong, it's it's. What well, did you watch? The new Godzilla vs Kong. Wait, that's out already. Yeah, also garbage. Holy. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I'm my so honest opinion. I was looking forward but to Monkey versus Lizard. <laughs> it's one of those movies where it's like, it's so cool because mm-hmm. a lot of money went into it. Yeah. And it's like the fighting's dope. The cinematography's dope. But the writing is you feel dog nothing. shit. You feel nothing. There's no stakes. I gave my I gave my review on the Godzilla vs. Kong yeah. last week on the episode. On the episode? Which episode is that? That is episode 11. Do you want me to redo it? I can tell you it. Redo it? I mean, uh, it's very, it's, it's we, 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 won't, we won't put the viewers through that pain of hearing that loss again. <laughs> okay. That national tragedy. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, it was, 
First of all, uh, I'm a terrible RTF major. I, I'm, I'm really terrible with like keeping up with the popular stuff. Um, I know you are. Oh, <laughs> you've rubbed that in multiple times. But it's one of those things where um, it's because the popular stuff, they're coming out with shit like this. And also, I, I bring that up because like I was really looking forward to Godzilla versus King Kong. Like, I love, that's one of my guilty pleasures, the giant monster battles. Well, the last Godzilla was sick. It was. It was. I loved it. I rewatched it after Godzilla vs Kong because I liked it so much. One of the best trailers in the entire world. Oh yeah, actually the trailers were so fucking good. Mm-hmm. But I will watch trailers. I won't so watch. Who, so who are you rooting for in the Godzilla vs Kong? Absolutely, Monkey. I'm, I'm big, big. That's what. Yeah, that's what you're yeah. meant to root for in the movie for sure. Well, yeah, because he's like he's. I, I love. How he also represents America. Yeah, I love. That. I was about to say that how in the trailer they were turning him into like an American hero. Because... Yeah, and Godzilla is Japan. Oh boy! It's literally America versus Japan. Oh my gosh! No, they don't. They don't. We make... all know who loses in that culture. <laughs> it's America. Hiroshima. That's what they make you think in the movie for oh sure. Oh my gosh! Wait, but they... actually, no, not really. They don't. There's like one scene where you're like, "Oh, America versus Tokyo," but okay. not Tokyo, but Japan. What was uh? What's his face in the movie? The guy who was just like, because uh, f- full context. I watched uh the first Godzilla movie. Yeah, the new ones. Um, Godzilla 2015, I believe. Yeah. I did not see, uh, the one with Mothra and Gojira. Wait, you didn't see King of the Monsters? I didn't because oh, it, it, it... Dude, that's the one that is amazing. That's the good one. It's so good. Okay. Okay. I think that I, I heard the, uh, the guy who I loved, he's my favorite character, the guy who's just like, his only purpose is to stand in awe and just be like... <gasps> Gojira. Yes. Did yes. He, did he die? Yes. Did he die in that one? Do you want me to tell you? I Okay, so I will watch clips of movies. I'll watch the trailers. I don't actually watch the movies. So I, I could care less about spoilers. I'm, I'm a I can guy. tell you one thing. He's dead. Okay. But he did not die in that one. Oh, he died in between? No. He died in Kong. He died in the Kong vs. Godzilla. He died in Kong vs. He lasted the whole the whole uh, okay. Monsters vs. Uh, King of the Monsters one. He lived he lived that movie. I need to see the full arc. How he interacts with Eleven. <laughs> how he uh, <laughs> with Eleven. How, Dude, how... she wasn't used enough in the mo- in that movie. Yeah, in the new one, she she's a great actress. She is a great actress, but like I feel like she gets typecast a lot because she can do the face. Yeah. Like the the, the well, she's character new, locked. The the new Winona Ryder face just because of like. Uh, um stranger things well yeah she's character locked yeah she is like how um who comes to mind for character lock uh i don't think feel free dude um you do you you know joey yeah great you know joey from friends um yeah he never got casted in like anything else because he was so good at being the dumb friend in friends yeah that he couldn't do anything else everyone was like Joey, why would we cast him as anything else other than an idiot? You know, it sucks because he probably is a good actor. Okay, Matt just, LeBlanc is just, his name. Just, just speaking about like uh, all of the Friends cast, though, it's very surprising to me when uh, I watch a movie nowadays and I see that there's people cast from Friends in that movie. It's just like oh, a slap like side off. characters or a like. Side characters, yeah. just literally any casting yeah. because it's like, that's your life. Well, Jennifer Aniston, her, well, yeah, her she's career a, fucking skyrocketed. She's the one exception. Yeah, she she took the fuck off and yeah. then the rest were like subpar or just dog shit. Yeah. 
But then there's like other people and there's like Paul Rudd was mm-hmm. in Friends and he's mm-hmm. fucking Ant-Man. Like yeah, exactly. he does, he's done so much. He did he did the guy in Friends to Ant-Man and everything in between. Paul, Paul Rudd has a wide variety of characters. But I okay, so I don't know if we didn't really do a full introduction before, but I'm here yeah. with Casper, who is uh my friend at school. Uh, we're in Oshkosh, and I met Casper through my roommate Wade, mm-hmm. and it's been nothing but uh, movie talk since we first met. Oh my god! We first met at Wade's old place. It's completely and- platonic romance. <laughs> totally, and we just talked movies for like hours mm-hmm. the first night we met, and like everyone was like, "You and Casper just like talked about movies the whole night." Oh my gosh! And it, we actually did. We went on that app. Uh, 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 Letterbox, Letterbox D, where yeah. it's like Tinder for movies. It's a Tinder for yeah. It <laughs> basically just, is. You literally swipe right and left on movies you've seen, loved, hated, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and we you showed me that and I loved it. And I actually Amazing. went on it again kind of recently, and it's it's Dude, still I, just I, as enjoyable. I have my entire library in there. If I watch yeah. a movie, I have to add it. Yeah, totally. It's like I haven't watched it now. Oh my god, that's so funny. But real quick, I guess we we went definitely went longer mm-hmm. than I would have expected. But um, you can give a quick little uh, introduction to yourself. If you'd like, or you know, tell people what you've been up to, anything in school, what you want to do with film, or okay, you know, okay. we'll run down. Feel free. To so, well, uh, hi everybody. Name's Casper Holton. Um, I am an RTF major at UW Oshkosh, uh, and I like film. That that that's sort of my trap. <laughs> I am uh, obsessed with all forms of media, but like. Film, video games, and then also, uh, weirdly, novels are the thing that really, like, pop out to me because I'm a whore for story. I think that's that that's probably the best way to put it. Um, my my I want my entire life to revolve around making other people get the warm fuzzies inside and also, like, cry and feel a lot of pain because that's, <laughs> that's really Not just fun. cry, but feel pain. Feel pain because that's Make really them fun. feel dark and shitty. I, I know you tried to watch Attack on Titan before. Yeah, I, I got about like 10 episodes in. Which is like, first, I've never heard of that happening to anyone because I've heard of people, either they watch past 10 episodes and then watch the entire series or they don't make it past <sighs> the first three. See, I, I need to get back into it. See, I just watched... Try- I, I actually, before, last semester, I watched so much TV because mm-hmm. I didn't have a job. Nice. And, and now I work 30 hours a week, plus I'm in six yeah. classes, plus I work out every day. So I don't give a fuck about TV anymore. Yeah. As I, soon as I, I have yeah. the time for watching and binging a show again, I'll make Attack on Titan top dude, of the list. Dude, it's, it's definitely a college curse. I think you're, for you probably, because uh, you... Uh, your viewers might not want to hear this, but you spend a lot of time on your phone when you're watching movies. Uh, myself personally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think I do? Oh, yeah. See, I okay. So I have a pet peeve about that, though. Oh, okay. Let's. So when I'm when I'm alone watching a movie, I definitely tend to not call my phone more. Okay. But if I'm like with a group, dude, there's that weird. It's a weird social anxiety thing. Okay. Where like when you're with a group of people, Mm -hmm. you automatically are drawn to your phone because you want to avoid social interaction. Yeah. It's a it's a total psychological thing, and everyone does it. No, oh, absolutely. I do it all the time. Yeah. You're like, okay, I don't feel comfortable interacting. And it's, it's subconscious too. Yeah. So you grab your phone, check Instagram, check Snapchat, Twitter, messages, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Fucking look up anything on Google if you're really that bored and you have nothing else to look up. You have yeah, nothing else to go on your phone for. So. Well, see, I, I, I do that. Um, I do that in social settings because I have pretty severe social anxiety. 
Yes. Which is, which is weird because I love people. I love talking to people, but people scare the fuck so is, out of me. Is it public speaking for you, though? It, oh, my gosh. That okay. was the hardest class <laughs> yeah. I've ever taken in my entire life. Oh, really? Yeah. See, dude? Like, I, don't, I didn't struggle with that at all, but, yeah. like, if you had if you had me... I had to go super nerd for that. That's how I started. Oh, you had to, like, fucking well, study. Like, I, I, like I, taught, I taught the class what nuclear fusion was. <laughs> of course, you chose the hardest topic. You no, know, it was so fun, though, because I... I oh, it is fun because you barely even know. Well, okay, no. I... I yeah, yeah. Maybe we need a whole other episode on you teaching nuclear fusion. On nuclear fusion. <laughs> well, it's it's I I could break down the simple elements of it. Like you you get the uh, tritium and uh, you just break it down. Like it, it's it's basically you draw an equation, you draw the arrow going the other way. That's basically nuclear fusion. See, I don't know what the fuck that means, but anytime you equations, n- no, major over here. No, 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 no. No, like when you say like uh draw an equation and mm-hmm. then draw an arrow. It's like yeah. anytime you're watching a movie and there's a, an equation that takes up a whole fucking chalkboard, you're like, all right. So yeah, real quick. So I, you're like, I don't know what that is. I, I think this entire episode will be full of pet peeves, but like that's <laughs> what, that's one of my pet peeves. And like, okay, so. In movies specifically? When when they psychobabble science, when they're just like, uh-huh. I, I, I don't I don't know what I'm talking about. And it's because like, movies are movies. You, you they're, they're made to make money. They're not made to explain the world away. Some movies are. Mm. Maybe you might disagree. Well, like most movies, most movies. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. And like, I, I, there are some movies that are like very scientifically like accurate, and they do stuff. But still, even in the most accurate movies, you have to bend a little bit to, to form to like what the audience wants to see. Exactly, because yeah. it's like uh, Interstellar. Even Interstellar still had sound in space. Love Interstellar for little bits of it. Yeah, but you know how much have you seen like the YouTube clickbait video before? There, it's like, mm. oh, like the writers or directors whatever it was for interstellar Mm -hmm. talked to actual like scientists and like people like people that understand quantum mechanics and the physics of space and realm absolutely and they actually modeled things in interstellar to make perfect sense to like the world of science yeah but they could not leave space silent for the sake of film exactly there's there's the two elements of it and this is this is like the the part of movies that I really love because so my life goal is to be the person who is in charge of a creative IP. So I would love to um, not be the direct. Uh, Marvel's a great example. Huge IP, huge. Is it a great company. example? Yes. I feel like it's too mainstream of an example. Well, no, because you have the um, with all great IPs, they become mainstream eventually just because of the quality of the IP. Harry Potter. Okay, true, true. Star Wars. Harry Potter and Star Wars was independent. Star Wars was fucking nerdy until yeah. it became. It was nerdy. mainstream after the first movie, though. It just got like it blasted off. But it, but it existed before the first movie. Is the weird thing. Really, I did not know this. Well, Explain. it existed in the sense that there was um, like the genre. Yes. So like Star- I know Star Trek was nerdy, but Star Wars was like but this like, whole new thing. Okay, I am I'm totally basing this off of what you see in past movies, oh, okay. in the seventies, yeah, yeah, where you're like, like there's the Star Trek nerds in movies, yeah. and it's, it could be a movie based in the seventies, and there's this little fucking nerd mm-hmm. that loves Star Trek, and he gets picked on because he loves Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that the sci-fi genre then was viewed as super nerdy. Oh yeah, and. If you were into sci-fi, you probably got picked on or bullied or whatever. Well, versus now, it's like everyone fucking loves Star Wars. Absolutely. Any child, if you get if you get picked on for liking Star Wars, 
like you probably live in a weird place because that's not normal. It's totally cool to be a fan of Star Wars nowadays. I uh, one of my best friends, shout out to Kevin. Um, he is a huge Star Wars nerd. I don't know if even the new trilogy. Uh, he loved. Not not as much, but like he, his big thing is the Clone Wars. So uh, our, oh, okay. well, our, 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 our our friend Kevin, he's a uh, um, he's a really big military guy. I believe he's joining the Marines soon, and uh-huh. uh, he's uh, shout out Kevin, shout out Kevin, um, my boy, the troops. Uh, he he's uh, he's a big he was big into bodybuilding. He was big in tattoos. He was uh, one of the most fit people I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, Everything about him, just meeting him at first, would scream um, super attractive uh, jock in high school, right? Okay. But you get to know him, and you realize he Not is the him. biggest fucking Star Wars nerd in the entire nice. world. You Have you been to his apartment? No. He has, like, the clone trooper helmets. He I has love that. The, he watches Clone Wars on repeat, and it's amazing. I love that. I love disruption of pattern, mm-hmm. where it's, like, the least expected thing happens. Like, exactly. Imagine you meet that guy, and he, like, he just... Like, I don't know, he could be the star QB for a football team. And, like, you're like, oh, like, let's hang out. You go back to his crib. Boom. He's a fucking, like, World of Warcraft nerd. Yeah, and you're like, exactly. no one expected that. Disruption of pattern. Exactly. And that, that that's sort of what, uh, because I like mainstream media. And I think it gets demonized a lot just because, uh, like we said before, it shits on science sometimes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it just completely disrespects the fan base. Yeah. But... I like the power that it has, and I love the disruption, bringing the nerd shit into the mainstream. Because like yeah. one of my big things is fantasy. Fantasy is the genre that has just stood out to me more than uh, any other fucking genre throughout throughout my entire life. I grew so up reading novels. Give a subcategory of fantasy for me to more understand what you know. Like, what you mean so by like, I guess um, fantasy isn't just all like fiction. Well, here here's the thing though. So like. Uh, what, what, what do you picture when I say fantasy? Uh, I think uh, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy? So, like... Or, uh, well, I, when I think fantasy, I definitely uh, am thinking, like, unicorns and fairies. Exactly. Unicorns, fairies, knights, dragons, and shit. Yeah. Um, and that that's the huge disruption there. Because everybody has this monolithic... Or, everybody. A lot of people in mainstream media have this monolithic view of fantasy. That's why... Game of Thrones was so oh. disruptive. That was a disruptor because it, yes. took fan, it took... And it became mainstream. Exactly. Because oh. it, it took knights and fairies and shit and it turned them cool as fuck. Fucking like cannot awesome. Fucking not just cool as fuck. Literally yes. the coolest fucking... Oh, like everything about... Exactly. If you watch season seven of Game of Thrones and you don't think it's cool as fuck, <laughs> you're probably blind because you didn't actually see what the fuck's going on. Exactly. It's so sick. I know you didn't love uh, or totally get it. Okay, well, no, 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 no. Here's, here's the thing. So the big difference between me and Jason is uh, I'm the RTF poser. I'm the person who you loves the You overanalyze because you can't help it. Yeah, also. but also like... I'm more of a consumer. You, you consume a lot more media than I do, which I find funny because you've probably seen double the amount of movies. Well, no, I'm not also, media. I consume more media than you, for sure. I'm also, a, I'm technically a social media major. I'm not. I'm a digital marketing major, oh, okay. but I'm going to emphasize in social media down the road. Oh, congratulations. I on, didn't know that. On my own. Mm-hmm. But, like, that means I have to know and be aware of all trends in social media. Absolutely. But, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. The difference between us is, well, if you think about what you consume mm-hmm. versus what I consume, you consume stuff that is more 
the content has more uniqueness to it, I think. Okay. Versus what I consume is like, I don't want to say mainstream because I hate the idea of me watching all mainstream movies. Because first off, listening to mainstream music pisses me off. Oh, okay. Like I, that's why I, I make all those plays. I've seen I've seen your Spotify playlist. You're alt boy. Yeah, I'm totally alt boy, and I can't help it because I, I if someone plays like a mumble rap mainstream rap song, okay. I'm gonna lose my shit. I'm yeah, like, you just jump off the roof right there. Yeah, I can't fucking I can't do it. And same with movies. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong, I love the Marvel movies. Yeah, and they're really good, but they're also mm-hmm. insanely mainstream. So I'm not gonna call them awesome movies. Yeah, exactly. And like, I. Here's another way of looking at it, though, because I don't look, I don't actually see you that way. I see you as a critical consumer. What, Ooh, I like that. So you, uh, you it's gonna you, be on my business card. Yeah, right. Critical <laughs> consumer. Critical <laughs> consumer. That's the resume piece right now. Yeah. Slap it on. <laughs> um, no, you definitely have that. Uh, I I think you do watch a lot of mainstream. The ones we talk about are mainstream because. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. Also, I, I consume mainstream movies mostly as well. But here's the thing, though, is I. I ask you about movies and you don't even know the mainstream movies. You know them, but you don't watch them because I know you have probably a a movie list a thousand pages long because I'm sure it's so bad. I'm sure I'm not the only person that tells you what movies and TV shows to watch. Like we've been talking about it. I've recently been on the anime kick. Uh, I've I've never been a weeb. I never identified with uh, anime culture, but like I, I've been finding this story so interesting because it's so uh, polar opposite of a lot of the stories we tell in the U.S. Almost everything we have in the U.S. comes from Greek. Yeah. It, it's uh, like Marvel. Uh, we keep coming back. Marvel does too, yeah. Boy, but it's literally the tales of gods and heroes and uh, yeah, what, what it means to be a hero. I'm watching The Boys right now where it's like. what it It's kind of Greek mythology in The Boys too. Yeah. What? Invincible? That's another Amazon one. You Which, might like. What's Invincible? You would like Invincible. It's a. Uh, uh-huh cartoon they're coming out with an episode once a week oh. every friday but uh i miss that i miss the weekly episodes it's a little bit of mystery you don't see it at first but it turns into mystery it's a little bit of like it gives you the saturday morning cartoon vibes so it, you feel relaxed but also That's nostalgia it has just intenseness to it and then it also has an idea that i like to work with in my own work which is uh uh well i i uh, down the road, I would like to work with this idea of what it means to actually be a god. Because, like, Marvel, you have this idea. So, do you mean, like, your own story or movie on that? On my, my my own story. I, okay. It's because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fantasy nerd. I, yeah. like, I like to think the big ideas. I like to think... Uh, I, I love myths. I love all that shit. But I think it's so poorly done uh, where it's just like, okay, so you think fantasy? You think nice dragons, unicorns, pixie shit. Why is it that? Why is it? Why isn't it like Avatar: Last Airbender? That's fantasy. Oh, I agree. Is, are you saying that you're just you don't love the? It's so um, what people think of when fantasy is said. I think what people think of is totally accurate because it is. Oh, okay. it is mono monolithic. It yeah. is. It is like for the longest time. That's why George R. R. Martin broke that shit up. That's why Avatar: Last Airbender. Everybody was like, "Whoa, this is this is different." Yeah, but it was fantasy in the form that a consumer could watch mm-hmm. and grasp onto so easily. Yeah. Because, like, think about, like, fantasy before, like, mass media. Yeah. It was, here we had to read a book and you didn't understand the whole thing until you oh, got to the yeah. end. Yeah. And you're like, you're not going to appreciate it because yeah. you can't grasp onto it in the first 10 pages of a book or the first page at least. Did you, did you ever read fantasy when you were uh, younger? No, dude. <laughs> I actually didn't read until college. 
Like, <laughs> I fucking... Just, they didn't know how to read? I fucking knew how to read. Letters on page, they make noise. I was like, I actually prefer videos and picture books. <laughs> but, um... Dave Jason over here. No, like, I didn't read for fun. Like, now I actually okay. read for fun. I enjoy reading. Oh, I, really? I read, like, entrepreneurial, personal growth, like, oh, health, stuff. health books. Yeah. Stuff like that. I have never been able to finish a whole novel on... Not, or I should say fiction. I hey. should... Fiction. I've never been able to finish a fiction book. And that's another uh, stigma on fiction books. So uh, I'm taking, uh, I believe it's literary criticism class right now. Um, just trying to get it to finish up my uh, certificate in entrepreneurship. And in, Oh, wait, no. this is No, I'm taking the liter- literary criticism class for fun. Oh, okay. Um, but Interesting. Not a lot yeah. of people do that in college. I'm glad to hear someone's doing that. I, I had an extra spot. So at Oshkosh, we have this uh, program where um, between 12 to 18 credits is free. So you take, you pay for 12 credits, yeah. you're paying for 12 credits. You pay for 18 credits, you're still paying for 12 credits. The same price, yeah. So um, the, the price, there's a price point, it's the full-time and part-time. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take this class for free. It's going to be fun. It's a lot of work, um, but it, it's taught me a lot. So is the class, see, I wanted to take a class like that, but dude, I the idea of taking a class that doesn't go towards my major is like, it hurts. I'm like, Ugh, well, are you, are you, are you big, uh, uh, like class nerd? Are you like education? Yes. Cause that's me. I like that shit. Oh, totally. Okay. But Not in the if it's something like, if it's something I care about, okay. Like I hope my finance professor isn't listening, but I'm sorry. I've quit. I've taken all of your quizzes on Quizlet. That's it. You failed. You're out. But like, in my digital marketing, my consumer behavior class, my market research class, mm-hmm. I give a fuck about those classes. Therefore, I do all the work myself and actually put the effort into it. Versus my finance class, I am, to- I like fucking will do anything to not get like look at a single page of that book. And I have not had to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have gone the so whole class. class. <laughs> I forgot. I've gone the whole class without doing any work. I'm terrible with my financials. But like, but like that's not what finance is. I don't. I don't. We don't. We don't need yeah. finance. It's, it's, <laughs> it's numbers and graphs, and that hurts my head. Yeah, but it's finance in B two B, which is business to business. So okay. like, you don't need to think about like it's not like your finances. It's not stock market. It's financial statements in business. Literally, literally, that gives me financial money. literacy is important though. I I've, I've had to deal with financial literacy in uh my undergrad because I've taken a bunch. Of, I I'm a music industry minor. Oh yeah. So I, I've had to, I've taken a lot of legal classes and uh, financial, uh, not literary C classes, but classes that have involved that. Like elementary finance, yeah. Yeah, and, and it hurts my head. <laughs> oh, it hurts my head too, and I'm a business major. Yeah. <laughs> I have financial literacy, but when you tell me to take a class that I have to basically just use financial equations to get mm-hmm. the answer, I'm not gonna even fuck about those equations because uh, I'm not gonna that. need them. Exactly. Uh, I had a question for you. Oh, let's hear it. When did you choose film? Was it in high school? And if you weren't going to choose film, what would you have done instead? So I, I have a pretty interesting story coming up from uh, um, coming up from basically since I was a little kid. And that's because uh, I haven't realized until recently where I was like, yes, this is what I want to do, do like within the major, within the major. But I have um, I've always loved stories so as a little kid i i i was the kid who in a uh, third grade read aragon in three days 
I I have a person in mind who oh I also remember with the Aragon book. I literally looked like Harry Potter. I was like, <laughs> he kind of does. I, w- I was like anorexic. I had the glasses. <laughs> oh my god. No friends. It was great. But uh, I, I read a shit ton. I actually, so you might not know this. I'm almost legally blind right now. Oh. <laughs> and it's because I read so much. You don't drive though. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not legally blind, but I'm like. A it's step because you've read so much? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, elaborate. I, 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 I would stay up really late. Um, and because uh, in my household, you, you had to get your sleep. That was super important. I um, fuck with that though, because sleep yeah. is so important. It, I I wish I knew that now, because now my sleep schedule is permanently messed up. I would stay up. I play Wizard One One. Oh, oh, you remember that? I love Wizard One One. Play Club Penguin. Play Pop Tropica. Cl- dude, Club Penguin was cool. All the Wizard One yeah. One was like there was something different about there it. There was it was built different. It was built different oh, for sure. Yeah, and like my that, mom was not happy about no. that monthly payment though. Oh, uh, see, I that's that's my problem. I tried to grind past the monthly payment. You no way you knew how to get past that when you were ten years. No, old. no. So like, uh, uh, for all of you who do not know, Wizard One Hundred One is a terrible, terrible time wasting game from when we were kids. Uh, I went back a couple years ago just to look at it. It looks, it looks like garbage. It's an RPG that is basically built on a browser. Yeah, and uh, and you just fucking you be a wizard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was you, so cool. You're a wizard, but uh, it was. Uh, they have the subscription in it, right? So you could play like uh, through the first couple areas, and then after a while, it'd prompt you with the subscription to go off to the other areas and actually do the cool shit. And they really encourage you up until that point. And so, like, you get your mom's wallet, and you're like, "Yeah, let's go." It's like any top-grossing app like Clash of Clans, where you play, and then it's like, "Oh, I can do more if I just pay a little bit of exactly like, like a few cents or a dollar." Here's the thing, though, I did not pay, and I tried to grind past those points. Oh, I paid. <laughs> and it's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Long nights. Um, but also, going going back to that, yeah, I, when you're, I when you're almost blind. I I also read late at night with very low light because I couldn't let my parents know I was still up. And um, like I said, I, I I read. I had a pretty fast reading pace. I don't even have that reading pace now. Really, you were faster reading then. Yeah, where I I could uh I could I do me, that's I could do a page in like. Seven to ten seconds. No way. Yeah, I and like I wasn't doing the weird split thing. I knew people who could like read the two lines and then come together in the middle and then go down. I've heard of that, and I just I genuinely cannot wrap my head I've around actually knowing how to do that. I can't. I, so I should practice. I can do it for can, one line, maybe. I can read that way, but I can't remember as well. Okay, I can't remember as well reading in general. Yeah, but like, I can read a page and probably. 20 seconds yeah but you're you're that means you're 50 percent more effective than me at the least well yeah and like i i, I think i i hope i've read more books than you with like your... oh you have okay good, good. <laughs> considering i didn't start reading until three years ago yeah okay good or you know i was like read in high Got school that on you Cause, at least. yeah because <laughs> i had to read in high school and whatnot in middle school for school yeah but like i would never up until college pick up a book for my own personal yeah like in my own personal game and that was me during high school too, because like most people like in high school, because you don't give yeah. a fuck. Well, like, well, you don't give a fuck, and then also people are just like, um, reading. Reading is for nerds. Reading is for nerds. Reading and, is for nerds. Yeah. So I, I went. I went through. God, I hate that. I thought that at one point. Right. Uh, I I literally lost so much reading time. It's ridiculous. But I went, I went through a transformation in high school where I, I went from super nerdy guy to I play sports now. I wrestled. I play football. 
you definitely are built. Yeah. And I cannot believe that at one point you were like not about that at all. It's it just happened at one day. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm also uh, blessed because my father used to be big farmer boy who's like chest oh, farmer strength. Farmer strength, but like Jack Farmer, like no, well, like I'm sixty sure. inch chest, but like he's this tall. Dude, but farmer strength is real. It is because it's natural strength. It's uh-huh. strength that you're using for yourself, mm-hmm. where you have to actually like, pick up a fucking hay bale. When I was bringing it across, when I was wrestling, he could still beat me uh, in arm wrestling because he was just working off that farmer strength from when he was younger. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But uh, yeah, going going back to like the actual question, like why I chose to do this. Okay. Um, I, I figured out in high school uh, that I really like movies. And now that I'm in college and I've had a couple of years to think about it, I realize I like movies because I've always loved stories. And I wanted to tell stories. You know, something interesting that I always bring up to Jesse mm. is I love storytelling. Yeah. And we could have a much greater conversation on it another time. But Absolutely. storytelling is so magical. It is. Like, not only just like the actual storytelling... But getting someone to feel the emotions that you have portrayed through the story. Yeah. That's like, like in my movie recommendation a week or two ago, it was Cherry, which I don't know if you heard it. It's on Apple TV. It's Mm. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, who uh, is basically just a rehab, also war vet, also college dropout, also everything else. Okay. Chapters of life type movie. Okay. So sad. One of the saddest movies I've watched in the past year for sure like mm-hmm. it genuinely makes you feel shitty about yourself like you said earlier like oh. movies where it's like cause pain this yeah. movie causes pain okay so i I, sh- I should preface that that's why i actually brought up attack on titan because oh, okay. i attack on titan causes pain but it's in like an addicting way because you are so uh attached you're, you're so attached you're so like uh on the edge of your seat that it hurts yeah, I, I got that feeling. I, I, I don't like movies that are shitty to be shitty movies. So like, uh, I have I've declared war on movies that are sad to be sad. I hate those movies. Yeah, that's probably what this movie is though. But it's um, also like a beautiful movie I'm, in its own sense. It's no okay. It's it's sad to be sad. Yeah. But it's also it also has themes in the movie. Yeah. That are just um, relatable. Yeah. On like everyone's own personal life, which is why I loved it. And. You could, I, everyone can relate to at least I, one chapter of this movie. I love those movies too because it's I sad to be sad is sad to be sad. Sad What's with the movie? A purpose is yes, different. Totally. What's a movie that's sad to be sad that comes to mind? Take your time. Um, so I, I can't think of a movie right now, but um, you might have seen it on Amazon. It was advertised pretty heavily, and then they sort of dropped it. It was called uh, Tales from the Loop. Oh, no, I thought you were going to say something else, but I have not seen that. So it, it's based on a beautiful art by, uh, I believe he is Russian, um, artist. Um, he does all this stuff in watercolor, like digital watercolor style. Okay. Um, but let's say you're looking at a field, right? And there's like these two boys playing. And the grass is all like blurred together. It's beautiful. The colors are just perfect. The sky is gray. But in the background, you see the giant smoking wreckage of a hulking robot. Oh, okay. so what he does is he combines very personal moments, very human moments, but places them in a world that is not our own. He places them in a world that is like uh, very technologically advanced, but also sort of falling apart. And so, like, uh, you know, you know that uh, 
those memes where it has the text in front of the little person and the text in front of the big hulking giant figure. Yeah. It's like it's like an actual artistic version of that where it, oh, okay. it, it feels very human and uh he has a he has like uh elements of that uh um just that um being in this different world. But anyways, the TV show uh completely fell on its face because it took it it was like, okay, so we're gonna take human, but what it means to be like really really sad human <laughs> and, and it's just that simple though, yeah is the problem with it's it. a beautiful tv show but like and See, like, there's a lot of beautiful shows yeah. and movies like that but like the overall vibe of it is almost like we were talking about earlier is mainstream exactly but yeah that was that was tales from the loop and i think that's that's due to production it is so like writing and directing can go very well and it can be smooth and Mm-hmm. Like they have it planned out to where it is just a beautiful movie or TV show. Yeah. But then the production takes over and like, you know, there's budgeting and there's, yeah. there's uh, executive decisions that come into play, you know, like the people that are actually financing it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the final say sometimes. I don't know how that works. And, you know, final cut or no, some directors like request final cut. The more, right? the more mainstream something is, uh, this, this, we were talking about this before at DC, the more mainstream something is. The more power the money people have, because yes. the more money that's involved. So, so the people like, that are making DC, the writers, yeah. Zack Snyder might not have as much say as he wants, and that's why they made this whole random fucking stupid thing, Zack Snyder's cut, where they just throw in every single scene. Exactly, because the first one flopped so hard, they were like, "We need to get our money back somehow. Let's just re-edit it, re-release it." Yeah, well, think about it. they had to put zero money into this, except for paying people to. Oh. To edit the new scenes, zero zero money. They like had no fifty to hundred thousand dollars, but that's like that's nothing. But they had they had no reason to reproduce any mm. scenes. They had marketing. they had everything. Marketing was probably like two hundred k. Okay, okay. I guess really what I mean is they had, didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have to film anything new, right? Yeah, no, that that's which is the expensive parts. That that's, they that's didn't have to hire expensive. actors and like actor actors are. Yeah, love love them. Love working with actors, but sometimes they can be prized. And oh boy, actors are expensive. So expensive, yeah. crazy. Like Robert Downey Jr. If you think about for Marvel, yeah. Like holy shit, in uh, Spider Man Homecoming or whatever the one that he like barely made an appearance in, mm-hmm. he was in it for a total of, like twenty seconds. Yeah, he got paid like ten million dollars. That I mean it makes sense. But it's also Robert Downey Jr. He is yeah. the highest paid actor of all time, See, that- and also one of the greatest actors, I think. I, I don't know his story too well, but I really love the fact that he, like, his story was the transformation story from, like, the drums. Yeah. No one thought he'd succeed. And then he's literally the hero. He is the fucking man. Yeah, but that's also his life, though. Yeah. He had really bad drug problems in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, exactly. And now he's... 80s? That was, he's that old? Maybe 90s. I, I think it was, like, 90s, 2000s. 90s, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But he's also probably, like, in his 50s. So maybe... I think, I think high 40s, early 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Um... But he, you know, that's what the thing is. Robert Downey Jr. is worth a lot of money. Yeah. But then, like, there's also actors like Seth Rogen, who, yeah, he's worth a lot of money, but, like, it's fucking Seth Rogen. You don't need to pay him too much. (laughs) Oh, wow. And, like, him and, like, James Franco and them, they all make their own movies themselves. They write them themselves, and they act them, they act the roles themselves. And that, that, I think that's the testament, not not shitting on Seth Rogen's movies, but I think that's the testament to the storytelling quality there. Because, like, when when you put that lens on... Robert Downey Jr. and Endgame is completely different, and you have such a different emotional attachment to him versus Seth Rogen. <laughs> okay, well, Seth Rogen is a total geek. Yeah, that's true. And that's love what, him. Oh, love him, but like that's what people expect out of him. Exactly. Whereas when you see Robert Downey Jr., he hasn't been in a movie other yeah. than Marvel in years, though. Yeah. But you know when he's on screen in Marvel, 
And that, that was a fucking killer. That, that's that, that's sort of the idea that I think uh, I, I would love, that's space I would love to work in. Like, what it means... The, to work I, with I say, the Robert Downey Jr.? Like, what, what, well, the, what it means to be a god. Because you have that different... You have a very different uh, mindset when you're thinking about Robert Downey Jr. versus Seth Rogen. It's epic. It's big scale. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Seth Rogen. Who's and there's like, Seth Rogen. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could imitate his laugh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've please. heard I've heard great imitations of I his literally laugh. I love everything about Seth Rogen, but that's just not the space I want to be involved in, you know? Totally, yeah. Uh, also I'm not that funny, so But you could be if you want to, if you had access to the right resources. Mm-hmm. Which makes me want to bring up my other question, which was let's say you had access to any and all resources. I know this is kind of a hard question, so if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Okay. If you had access to any and all resources to a film Who's the lead role or genre, but specifically, like, if you could cast, like, you know, yeah. it would be it would be Robert Downey Jr. as Santa Claus. Like, you know, something like okay, that. Okay, okay. Like, if there's someone that comes to mind that you've ever thought of before, you were like, yeah. oh, this actor or actress would be great for this role. Yeah. So, I'm, right now, I have a hobby that uh, I really wish, it's, it's a passion project of mine. I wish with all my heart that it can make oodles and oodles of money. But as of right now, uh, because it's just IP, I, I can't do anything with it. It's just, I have it written down. I have about 300,000 words of notes. But, um, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I, I, wanted to tur- I think the easiest way for me to protect the IP uh, is go the J.K. Rowling route. Because I would love, I would love for it to be movies. I would love for it to be Which is, video what's games. JK? Like book, book to movies. Uh, not novel to movie because you can protect literature a lot easier than you can protect an an idea oh. or a script. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because those scripts scripts get shopped all the time. So but writing like, a movie or writing and writing a uh, yeah. a novel book whatever, and then a novel with a it, fan base. It's published. Yeah, and it has a fan base. Exactly, it's yours. Exactly. No one's no one's coining it other than you. Well, that see and like I mean even J.K. Rowling fell, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she she, she got the IP stolen from not stolen. She got it forcefully taken away from her because yeah, forcefully taken because of bad behavior. But like, uh, she still is a shining example of like what what it looks like when uh, a protected IP makes it to mainstream media. It looks really good. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you think about, like, how her novels transformed into movies mm-hmm. and, like, how they changed. Because yeah. everyone, everyone, you know, the classic. People say this about Game of Thrones. People exactly. say this about uh, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Oh, the books are way better than the movies. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, the books are amazing, but also... They're amazing. It, they're different. But can you really beat seeing? Yeah. Like, like, there's a lot more that goes into it, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, if you're watching Game of Thrones versus reading Game of Thrones... And you get to see fucking the mountain. I don't know if you've watched. Yo, I, the, I, I, I watched I watched up to the end of season four because they so were so you saw, out with it. You saw the mountain, but you didn't actually like see it. I saw the mountain. But oh it, it gets rough. it gets crazier. It gets well, I know I know He gets see it gets bigger. I, I, I know I know the general storyline. We won't spoil it for anyone here. Yes, but, but it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, but like vertly like, seeing the mountain mm-hmm. who is like whatever, six, eight, six, nine. Half Thor Bjornsson is yeah. like one of my boys. Three hundred something pounds. Have you seen the pictures of him next to his mom, or his girlfriend? His girlfriend's yeah. like five, 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 it's, four. It's so funny. Or him and his brothers next to his mom, and he's shorter than his brothers. Dude, he's the smallest. I know. His dad is like three, five inches taller than him. I know. <laughs> but it's so. I'm like, just saying, seeing the mountain versus reading about the mountain. Uh-huh. Shut up. 
reading is not better than seeing the mountain. No. But in cases, storytelling can be better in novels. And like that that was the big thing with Harry Potter because J.K. Rowling is a brilliant writer. Mm -hmm. She can take a really complex idea and distill it down to three sentences and then make it kid friendly, which is people don't usually consider that because when you're an adult writing for kids, it is actually harder because you're trying to distill it down. You're not stupider. It's harder to translate big adult thoughts into kid thoughts. Yeah. You want big brain to be little brain. Yeah, exactly. And she did it so effortlessly. Yeah. And I think what you said at the beginning of that is huge for writing in general Mm -hmm. is taking a sentence or phrase and distilling it down to, you know, less words. So it's simpler. Exactly. That's like writing in general. Mm -hmm. If you can get your point across in less words, it's almost better most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quote, quotability, especially in our modern yeah. age nowadays, where everything's totally. Um, do you have a creative process in filmmaking or in writing or in any of your storytelling? Yeah, so my, my creative process is very team centric because I, I, I lo- like I, I think everybody loves being the center of the show at least to some extent, mm-hmm. but it's. We, we, were, we sort of mentioned this before when talking about film, um, you're not one author, you're working with people. Mm-hmm. And that is what makes your film good because um, the author isn't thinking about if the drapes are blue, right? Okay. But someone on that team is. So everybody fills in. So we, we were talking about that. Every, yeah. where, where it's like, well. No, it they, took me a second to figure out what yeah. you're getting. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Very good. But like, uh, oh, fuck the mic. Um, uh, audience thinks of, uh, uh, they think they're like, oh, I've discovered this very specific thing. Our critics are like, oh, I discovered this flaw. Someone's probably thought about it. Yeah. It's big enough production. They didn't think of it themselves. It was yeah. thought of before. Yeah. It, everything is planned at least to a certain point. Yeah. And, um, where was I going with this? Oh, you're team centric. Team centric. So like it's it's very important to get a good team because like I, I like being the idea person. I love generating ideas. But uh one one great example is I'm not the best with schedules. I love having uh I've seen I, your Google calendar and I disagree. Mm, mm, that's because I I do the same shit with my I got my Google calendar yeah. and I think I'm really good at scheduling, but yeah. you just have a lot more shit in your Google calendar. That, I think that, you need to thin it out. So like uh um you might have not heard this in the podcast, but uh, before my Alexa was yelling at me to go to bed. That's what my Google Calendar is. It's a bunch of reminders to tell me to you have to do this now. Oh, okay. So it's it's. Uh, Does it work? Is it efficient? Like when you hear it, do you no. get up and do it? No. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's almost just like kind of like a cool thing to have. It, it, it's the mindset thing. I'm not I'm not in the. I, it, it takes effort to get into that, and I I know because I have been good with schedules in the past okay. for like years on end, but. Um, you only have so much brain power and you can only focus on certain areas. And that's why a team is very important. Yeah. You have to, you have to equally distribute the brain power mm-hmm. so that everyone can hyper-focus on what they're best at. Absolutely. So like, uh, so what is your ideal team centric dynamic or like, you know, what is it, what is an experience you had where the team centric or like the team experience or interaction was just perfect. So most people, they, um, you'll find a lot of creatives that shit on producers. Um, and that it's, it's for a reason because it's like a conversation with any team. Uh, there's a little bit of a give and take, but when it comes to media, that is absolutely true. Because if you, you can think about media, either as a team all working towards one goal, which is not true because everybody has a different idea of what that goal is in, in yeah. their mind. 
or you can think about it in terms of checks and balances. So the director, their job is to come into conflict with the producer because the producer wants to make it fast. They want to make it make a punch ton of money and cheap and they want to make it cheap. And the director, they want to make it creatively good. They want to protect the story and they want to, um, they, they want to make people love it. They're and not thinking time or money at all. Exactly. And those are two very different different like viewpoints, but they have to work together. They're both important, for sure. Yeah. So I never wow, that's a really good way of thinking about it, for yeah. sure. And so like it's it's with every position because like you have the creatives who are all just off in their white. So is it rooms. like directors and writers versus producers versus the world? <laughs> versus the world. Uh yeah, it gets it gets fun. The directors and writers are usually on the same team, right? It they is. might have creative. So like, they might have creative differences. We were, we were talking about uh, pre-production, production, and post-production. Yeah, um, your sort of big creative heads of each of those. Uh, it's really changed nowadays. Now it's more like directors through the entire thing. But you used to have writers pre-production, directors production, editor is post-production, and so yeah. that, those would be the big people who are like heads of creative control now because and then it's, it's is producers kind of. Is there executive producers that like the umbrella of all of that? Yeah. So okay. there, there, there's all, there's all these fun hierarchies and all this fun yeah. stuff. And uh, it's important to know how those work because otherwise you don't get stuff done in the media world. Because like you can be the creative pariah. You can be like, no, fuck you. I'm going to do it my way. The person's just going to be like, well, I'm not going to pay you. I'm, I'm literally going to cut off funding from this film yeah. if you don't listen to me. Oh, yeah. So there's there's authority involved there is who has who has the final decision producers and that's why you get a lot of but don't some movies have directors where they demand final cut you do but that's before so like with Quentin tarantino for example he will not work with producers unless they give him final cut well that's why he's such an iconic director exactly no but he has no, the power he has a bargaining power most no, people can't do that true no tarantino movie is ever going to get released unless tarantino is happy with what it is exactly and producers what, when he says that, he's telling the producers, um, look at my track record. I am proven to be one of the best. He doesn't you're going, need to do that anymore. You're going to get your money back. Because, yeah. And uh, the producer, they have to be like, okay, I trust you. And well, so that normally doesn't happen because producer has the money. That That's the lifeblood that runs through this whole thing. So normally if it's like, let's say I'm like, okay, time to make my IP out of scratch. And it's like, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to need $300 million starting. Um, uh, no producer, first of all, no one's going to listen to me because I haven't done shit. Yeah. Second of all, um, and like even Tarantino, if he did that, he wouldn't, he would, there'd be questioning. There would be hard questioning. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're never going to just fully just be like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Let us know how, the, much, let us how much, let us know how much to Venmo you. <laughs> like, like there's going to be questioning because that's just business. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, you've got your. Karen, your uh, once upon a Ho- once upon a time in Hollywood, Quentin yeah. Tarantino poster right there. That movie is kind of criticized from all Tarantino movies because it's a little different from his usual style. I mean, but also very similar. Yeah, there, I, I I would say there's no real like usual Tarantino. The, the normal theme that unites everything is violence and revenge. Yeah, violence and revenge. For but sure. like every, like when it comes to genre, Tarantino's like fuck it. When it comes to like incorporating stuff like once upon a time in hollywood's is making them open so far because it really makes sense with 1960s yeah but it works well for him because he knows what he's doing with that theme exactly um it makes me want to watch that last scene of the movie though so good 
it's it's for all of you who haven't seen Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that last scene of the movie is brilliant because you come into it expecting the Quentin Tarantino movie. And that, that's another thing. We were talking about this before, the making your audience feel pain. Yeah. He puts you on the edge of your seat because you come expecting the a Quentin movie. Tarantino movie and you don't get it until that very end bit. You have to watch two and a half hours of just straight like dialogue yeah kind of story building type stuff exactly and it all does build up to something brilliant in the end but there's like little things in the last what is it 20 minutes that Mm -hmm. scene probably 20 minutes the last 20 minutes of that movie relates to the whole movie exactly so it's not like it's like da 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 random shit no one really cares about crazy shit happens it's all that stuff happens building up to Something that unravels the rest of the movie from everything that happened before yeah. that makes it so much more brilliant. And I've, uh, you, you and me both like that because we're critics, but that's one of the reasons why that movie didn't, uh, it did get very high reviews, but there was a lot of people who didn't like it. People hated it. Core fan base, because first of all, there's a, there's an element of, uh, racism and sexism and sexism in there that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I've examined classes, but then there was also, um, all the red-blooded, uh, strong American males who like violence to make up his core audience. Um, they didn't like it when Tarantino was just like, so I'm going to flex my story muscle. And then I'm going to give you like 20 minutes of payoff right at the end. Like, Well, that's the thing. Like this, His storytelling in the beginning, the story muscle, as mm-hmm. you called it, yeah. was great. It's brilliant. It like is. You and me like that, but uh, there is a demographic. The average consumer did not. The average consumer watching that is like, oh, this doesn't feel like Tarantino. Exactly. So they're watching and they're like, this sucks. And now they give it a bad review. And now it has bad reviews because people have that stupid expectation for the mm-hmm. movie where it's like the whole movie is going to be crazy and it's going to build up and it's going to be worth it. But then really, you don't actually enjoy it until the last 20 minutes. But that the last 20 minutes is what makes the whole three-hour movie so good. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Put into your own words what a film is to you mm-hmm. and that could be what an ideal film is to you of what you think what makes a good film or how a good film impacts you oh so you're actually bringing up one of my uh a filmmaker's question i think filmmaker's question so like i, I guess elaborate on that because i'm hearing two questions in here i guess what i more or less want to know is I want to hear more of an artistic feeling towards it, okay, rather than a filmmaker's feeling towards it. I mean, they're they're both they're the same thing. They are because the filmmaker is an artist, but I want to hear more of an artistic perspective rather than a critical film analysis perspective. So, like, what what an ideal film is? That's the question. Yeah, but not so much in the in the terms of like mainstream content media, more in the, okay. in lines of your values of film. Oh, for me, ideal film for me. So, um, I love films that are smart enough to pull the wool over my eyes because I really like there, there's a lot of films right now. And like, uh, we, we sort of mentioned this before a lot, almost all our stories come from in Western culture, at least that's why I like, uh, I've started getting into anime recently. Almost all stories in Western culture come from one place. Greek sagas. Almost every single trope 
is some variation of that. So I, I, I believe firmly in the idea that creativity is not original thought. I believe that creativity is working off the works of others. Ooh, true. Creativity does not function in a vacuum because you you, can, you can't grow a plant from a single seed. You need at least dirt and nutrition. Yeah, there's other there's other factors or components exactly. that, that play into the creation of something new. Exactly. Always. And someone can be ultra creative and like they can be given just like the smallest fucking bit of drop of water and yeah. just full garden explodes. But they need but nothing something comes there. from nothing. Nothing comes from nothing. All our stories come from somewhere. We all have that innate human thing in us that makes us wonder. Mm, yeah. So, um, I, for, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> uh, your ideal film. Oh, so it's a film that really pulls the wool over my eyes because the more I've gone into stories and the more I've gone into film and like cinematography specifically, the more I see stuff coming. So, like with a lot of mainstream media, you might be, you might relate to this where it's just like if you see a general big budget movie where it's like not a lot of thoughts put into the story, you're like, I can see where there's this more is money. going. There's yeah. more money than thought that goes into it. Yeah. But you're like, I can see where this is going within the first 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. That happens to me all the time. Where exactly. I, dude, I'll be watching movies with people. And I think it's because I'm more uh, aware yeah. of what we're watching. Critical consumer. Yeah, I'm, I'm a critical consumer love that and i'm more aware of what we're watching and i'll be watching stuff with people and i'm like i'll pause the movie and i'll be like yeah i bet this happens mm-hmm. an hour goes by and exactly what i say yeah happens and they're like how'd you do i'm like dude it was so obvious so the first obvious. five minutes if you yeah. actually think about it stop just watching watch and think don't just watch and and it happens more often than not with like people that I know are just not thinking at all. This is what I want to talk about earlier was my pet peeve is people. This was so long ago. It feels like mm-hmm. my pet peeve with people watching movies or TV. Oh my God. Everyone's on their phone. Like yeah. people just sit there and no, consume the and it's cool. If like you're just watching like the office and it's like, you don't give a fuck what you're watching. Cause yeah. it's just a show that's super, that's a sitcom. Yeah. You don't need to pay attention, but if you're watching a movie, especially a movie you paid for, like if you bought it on streaming service or went to the theaters and you're going on your phone, you need to like, you need to reevaluate why you're there. Well, are you there for the social setting or are you there to watch the movie? And like, uh, I guess this is where I'm sort of biased because I am a person who wants to spend their life involved in creating media. Not, maybe not just movies, but like also yes, video game stories. Uh I, I have the same perspective as a trainer uh, when he's asked about fast food. You get garbage in, you get garbage out. It, the, yeah. same, the same thing applies to media. And I think, uh, uh, thankfully, uh, in our digital age, a lot more people, especially younger people, like my little sister, they're becoming a lot more critical about the content they consumed. And, like, albeit if it's, like, segmentation, so, like, uh, my sister likes makeup videos, so she's not going to watch many other videos on YouTube besides makeup videos. So, or if it's through um, some other means, like educational means, but like she is choosing to watch those videos because she likes to learn from them and it makes her think. If you just watch them to self-medicate, like uh, it's like it's like smoking weed to go to bed. Uh, it's it's good and bad. It's 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 good and bad because yeah, it gets the brain to stop going. Like I will watch shitty gameplay videos to fall asleep. I, I will 100% do that. That's, but I will not watch a movie before I go to bed because that's, that's thinking. it gets me thinking. See, that's a problem with a lot of my, 
weird enough, my chiropractor brought this up to me the other day. Oh. I just, my first time seeing him. Conscious consumer chiropractor? Yes. He is a smart guy, but mm. he's, he asked me, like, do you have a problem turning your brain off at night? Yeah. It's like, dude, don't, well, don't you? Oh my gosh. So I, I found out that, uh, I, I basically have to nuke my brain with dumb content, like in the hour before I go to sleep. So like that's, so that's a lot of people are like, reviews are that you're saying? like you, you've, uh, like bad games. Like you, you mentioned that like you watch boring. a lot of movies and stuff. Yeah. I can't do i watching movies uh because i i I like to break down stuff i'm not saying like i'm some sort of god brain not at all but like i cannot watch a movie without um breaking down the little elements of it like when i watch a movie i'm watching for cinematography i'm watching for acting i'm watching for directing i'm watching for production design and it hurts my head you probably rarely can ever turn on the tv without critically analyzing anything exactly it's it's very hard to be like oh that scene was cool in a michael bay movie when you're just like oh shit they just did the michael bay shot where they go spiraling around the person the person is standing up that's some really cool geometry and oh look at that it perfectly lines up with a story beat oh. oh look at that the color is the color grading for this is spot on because of their mood in this scene it's it's a lot Fuck. no so that makes perfect sense though mm-hmm. because Whenever, like, I don't know, definitely if I'm watching a movie at night, I, okay, first off, I have a hard time choosing movies because mm-hmm. I refuse to watch a movie that I am not going to like. Yeah. It's hard because I want I want to, like, spend two hours watching a movie that I'm not going to regret watching. So I'm exactly. never going to choose a movie that I know is bad. And, and uh, it's hard to do that. Yeah, you're, you're, it's funny because I think we watch, like, inverse movies because you're a big rom-com guy. You like, I, uh, you, you like a lot of those more emotional movies and I like a lot more of those like hardcore action testosterone <laughs> ah you know I think you might have me read wrong there really because we, we've talked about this before I do we have I I do love rom-com okay. and I love I love romance I love comedy and I love rom-com but like I think I more or less am into those dark movies now oh but not just so much dark. Welcome to the club. It's it's better. It's better. Yeah. It's better movies. It's better stories. It's better production. Like, I think so. Um, uh-huh. And the storytelling that goes into those is definitely better. That's that. See, that's that's why I like them because like, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and be like I like intelligent movies, but I'm gonna say that there's no such like, thing as an intelligent movie. No, there is not. <laughs> but I I like movies where because because like uh, it's like a game of I Spy for me. I like I like movies that uh, that tickle that make nerve, you think that that make me think and that, that's also the curse right there because like falling asleep and I oh I'm just gonna watch a movie that doesn't ha- I cannot do that oh okay no that makes sense because the curse is I want to watch a movie that makes me think yeah but I'm not falling asleep yeah if I'm forced to think exactly uh, like you know mind mind blowing movies mm-hmm. that if I could watch a new mind blowing movie every single night I probably could yeah I would just never sleep. That's why I need to. That's yeah. why whenever I actually, I just have been kind of like lacking on movies and like media consumption at night. Regardless, yeah. So I think whenever I like a good on, thing, intentional or like bad thing, like I'm just thing. gonna watch uh, garbage. No, definitely no, no. I just don't turn on my Xbox at night, which is oh, where nice. like Netflix and everything is. Lucky. I don't. I don't <laughs> turn on Netflix. I don't turn on YouTube. 
I, I force myself, I read 10 pages of a book and then I pass out because I get, I get home. I'll, yeah. I'll go to work after class and I get home at eight or whatever. Oh my gosh, and yeah. then I have homework to do. And then by the time I'm done with homework, it's about 10, 11, 12. I'm like, I'm not going to like go turn on a TV yeah. show now. So I just, I read, I don't even make it to 10 pages. Some yeah. nights. I make it to two pages. Some nights I make it to 10 other nights and then I just pass out. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not even gonna remember if I keep reading, so I'm just gonna fucking go to sleep. And it feels so good because now That's I wake up, and I and I feel like I actually did something the night before, so then I sleep better. Sleep yeah. is huge. What we were talking about before, sleep, yeah. no, sleep huge. makes a huge difference it's in insane. your energy. I, I read those same books too. I, I I love the business like mindset health books. Those yeah, are, uh, business mindset, personal growth, personal development, all that is mm-hmm. so good for people to just not even just read but be aware of. Yeah. And if you're reading those daily, you're bound to fucking make progress. You're bound to improve. Exactly. It's going to make an impact on your it's, it's all about habits, my boy. And totally. You know, you know this because habits. you read, you read the books. And you know what? I didn't even get this from a book. I got this mm. from a tweet. Oh, boy. Let's go. But you're going to like it, I think. Okay, let's do it. The tweet was, how you spend your days is how you spend your life. Well, yeah, because like... Uh, that, that's it's sort super of, simple. It's sort of, sort of the same line with... Uh, um. That, that idea, like, you only have so many heartbeats in your life. Like, you do only have so... Do you know what I was told the other day? Mm. So, I'm 22 right now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, w- I was out with someone, and they were like, oh, you're 22. That means it's eight years until you're 30. Oh, my God. Dude. Well, well, didn't that just hit you really hard? It's okay. We can take a moment. We can take a moment for you. <laughs> thinking about yourself myself or yourself as a 30 year old is like i want to cry right now i'm not gonna lie happens in between dude it's it's hard well well i hate how life speeds up the older you get yeah it's the the weird thing that everyone has always agreed on their entire lives yeah your parents are always like oh once you're out of college or like once you're 30 your life just accelerates like it's exponential time 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 increases obviously it doesn't but it feels like it does because Arguably, some of the most enjoyable points in your life are pre-adulthood. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everyone strives you for that. Not, not, what, what do you have to look forward to? Like, retirement? We're, we're fucked. We're not getting Medicare. We're not getting We're not getting any benefits yeah. from that. I don't know, dude. The whole infrastructure of our whole country economy and, and life is going to be completely different when we're 60. Yeah. So we can't even... We can't even... It's imagine. literally... It's, it's, it's rolling the D20 right now. We're just, yeah. we're just trying to figure out what's up. Yeah. But, like... uh. Yeah, going, going well, back. Well, think about where you were eight years ago from now. Yeah. We were 14. That means freshman in high that, school. That's actually when I decided I want to, uh, no, I actually was sophomore in high school. That's when I decided I wanted to do film. So you're, you were about the age, eight years ago, you were about the age that you wanted, that you figured out, that you Bless figured you. out, sorry, that you figured out what you wanted to do. Yeah. Most people don't even realize that for another six or seven yeah. years. And well, that, that's because so I... So you realized very young. I, I've been a story whore my entire life. So, so. You, you realized eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And right now, eight years after that, you're in the making of becoming that person. Yeah. And then eight years from now, you will be that person. That's the goal. See, and the, this is the funny thing. I, I had a very... Uh, I had a very big boy, like, realization moment the other day. Big boy? Okay. Um... I stepped back and I was like, uh, I actually took that, uh, that idea of like, what, what, what would happen if a 15 year old me saw me now? 
I think I, I was a god among men. I am living the exact life that I would want to be living. You know, due, due, due to the film, to the film shit. And I would think I'm so accomplished, but I'm looking at myself now and I'm just like, holy shit, I have so much more to go. You're not content in the moment, but yeah, if you looked at your life mm-hmm. now, eight years ago, yeah. you'd be like, fuck, look at me. Exactly. Like, you're living alone. You got this place. You got this great productivity set up over oh my here. Gosh, yeah. You have a whole Amazon set up yeah. in your house. Hey, Alexa. Thank you for being there. You bet, sir. Oh, like listen to that. Like, she calls me sir. <laughs> <laughs> like you have, you have everything that you need to be content. Yeah. Compared to yourself, then, mm-hmm. but your your expectations only always continue to rise. Exactly, and like uh, and I'm definitely in the same boat. Like uh, uh, in my room right now that we're sitting in, um, it's a living room where uh, Jason's sitting on the couch. I'm sitting in my chair right in front of my productivity setup. Uh, <laughs> right above my productivity setup. There's a poster that says, be better than you were yesterday. And that's a statement that I hope that I embody in my life uh, throughout my entire life. And this sort of goes off what we were doing um, because there's no such thing as being the best. There's only being better. And like uh, this microphone sat on top of a bunch of Walter Isaacson books. He, uh, (laughs) he, He looks at the, he's the guy who wrote Hamilton. He wrote Benjamin Franklin. Um, like Hamilton, the play. Oh, okay. It's based off of his book. Oh, okay. Lin Manuel Miranda read it, and then he was like, "Yes, this is it." Oh, interesting. Leonardo da Vinci. He like he writes biographies on the one percent, the one percent, right? Oh, interesting. And the the like literally the greatest minds, and you see a lot of stuff in common with them. But one of the things that they are always striving to do is they're they're striving to be the best, but on their worst days, they're striving to be better than they were yesterday. Oh. It's interesting you bring that up because I saw that when I first walked in here. It was the mm-hmm. Be Better Than You Were Yesterday. But I'm reading uh, a book right now. It's Jordan B. Peterson's 12 Rules of Life. Huh? I don't know if you who Jordan B. Peterson is. So I, I do. Um, I, I've been actually pretty avoidant of that because my brother uh, was into him for a while. But he was also like at the same time into Ben Shapiro. So I was like, is it? Is not, it no. So not comparable? No. Thank God. Okay. No. I would I'll not, read it. I'll I read would it. not compare them in the slightest. Okay. Um. Except that they're both very smart. Yeah. I know Ben Shapiro is a fucking blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to say anything, yeah. but he, he's, he's smart. You yeah. know, like, it's hard to admit. No, it's hard to admit that people you don't like are smart. Yeah. No, but he absolutely. is smart. He's... And Jordan B. Peterson is him and everything that he is in a great way because mm-hmm. he's uh, empathetic and, like, you know, that's it, why I like the Malcolm Gladwells of the world. Huge. Then you will enjoy Jordan B. Peterson because he's a behavioralist, so yeah. he understands people. Okay. He's a psychologist. He's a behavioralist. He understands people. But I'm on the fourth rule of twelve in the book, mm. and that rule is lobsters. <laughs> what? Everything about lobsters. Wait, what do you mean? Oh no, that's a so. Um, Jordan B. Peterson. Um, uh, he. Uh, for, for most of his classes that he teaches, because uh, for all of you who don't know, he's a pretty well-renowned and very controversial psychologist. Very, yeah. Very controversial. I think he's a very smart cookie, but I also do not agree with like half the shit he says, purely because it comes from such a weird corner of science. Yeah. But he also is a smart cookie, and that is not a reason not to listen to someone who's smart. Yes, I agree real quick. So that the fourth rule is um, don't compare yourself to 
uh, is don't compare yourself to the best. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Or don't compare yourself to someone else. Yeah. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. That's funny. So if you're better than anyone so, in the world, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But if you're better than yourself yesterday, that's all that really matters. Uh, I've, I've, I've read a couple of psychology books as well. Psychology is cool. I love that. Really cool. Did you know I was a psychology double major? I would believe it because you're you're you understand people in the same way I understand people. Oh, thank you. Well, that people that understand people can do any can do exactly. they can apply psychology to so many other things. I was such like, as film, such as marketing. I, okay, so psychology double major with film. I was like, film psychologist, fuck no. And so I dropped the psychology major. Yeah, no, you fucking pick one and you exactly. full steam ahead to to film. So I usually do my movie recommendation of the week, but I mean, if I've got a film major on the show, oh. I'm going to hand it over to Casper for this week. That's a, that's a lot of trust in me. We all know that you're probably more of a movie buff here. I'm more of a media buff, but you definitely know more, more movies. You've seen more movies than I have. Sad, sad enough. Yes, I probably have. Uh, like we mentioned before, I'm getting, I'm dipping my toes in anime. I've never been a big anime fan, but, um... Just because, like, I, I grew up very in a culture that was very much against anime. <laughs> How so? And, uh, just, just like, uh, well, it's weird. They have big eyes and they come from Japan. Like that, that sort, of, <laughs> that sort of, that sort of Wisconsin culture. Yeah, Wisconsin culture is weird. It is weird, Mister Illinois boy. But oh yeah, I miss my Illinois people. Oh my gosh, <laughs> bunch of fibs. <laughs> so, um, it's on Netflix. Uh, very easy to access. They've probably been pushing it to you recently. It's called Killer B, or either or B the Beginning. Um, it, it's uh, again because it's Japanese. Names are weird, especially titles. And uh, I really don't know what this one's title is. I think it's listed on Netflix as B colon the Beginning, the letter B and then the Beginning. Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it, or I haven't heard of it, or seen it. But it, uh, it scratches that very specific itch of mine where it's just like, I want to see cool, beautiful action, right? So, so it's recent. Epic, epic fight scene. So they, they, uh, recently they came out with season two. Okay. I, should, I should preface that. Season two, garbage. Season one, to me at least, like for, for my very specific genres I like, I, I enjoy quite a bit. It is uh it, it, it perfectly blends action and intrigue. The the basic plot of it is um a guy is trying to hunt down a serial killer. And this serial killer um has been going around the city taking out mobsters, but uh when the when the sort of sort of like Batman, but when the story starts, uh he started moving on to higher profile targets. And so this detective, Ooh. it's his job. To and he he's a savant. He's a genius. It's his uh, job to find this man. He's he's come off of his long parole. He's come back to the force, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to help lead this team. And he he's a very it, it, we've seen this before all the time in media, where it's just like the genius cop. I was gonna say the role of his of savant or mm-hmm. genius in a movie is yeah. so common, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, it is fun. Like you've seen Limitless. Or heard of Limitless? I've heard of Limitless. It's the same thing. But it's it, it it's, it's that aspect where it's just like you're inside the mind of a great person yeah. and you feel it with Killer B. It's, it feels very high stakes. It feels scary. I watched the entire season one and two in okay. a day and a half. Okay. See, I, I usually, I like that because anime has mm-hmm. the power yeah. to portray that kind of stuff. Yeah. So much, I don't want to say easier, maybe more powerfully. 
I think it is easier. It's easier because they have more access to like, you know, colors and audio and storytelling. They don't have to rely on the, because that's the thing. It comes from the actor when it's not anime. Exactly. Usually. It can come from directors or writers. uh, uh, I think think a great one for American audiences is Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. uh, So true. Where um, they did what I've always wanted in animation, where it's like, okay, we're having a fight scene. Okay, we're doing first person. Now we're going to switch to uh, third person uh, right behind the guy. Now we're literally going to take the camera outside the room and make it look like a video game where you see a 3D layout of the room and they're fighting each other. Now we're going to swirl that around and transform it into a normal Back into one whole scene. That is amazing. That is amazing. Because Into the Spider-Verse does that. And it's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. And that's that's the power of animation. I like... Uh, sadly... You I can't do that with just a you know, usual Brad Pitt movie. No, you <laughs> you can. It's just so fucking hard. So much harder. You literally... It's, it's near to impossible. And I think that's going to be the next big appeal. Because uh, VR is about to hit the market. Um, Specifically in film. Dude, they're... I love learning stuff. about new tech. My friend Wyatt always sends me new tech because he's always yeah. on top of it. He also goes to SCAD. Yeah. And he's a he's a uh, UX design major. Oh, so he's like all about love UX. Right? Yeah. I was designing the website before it's, we got here. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You were showing me that. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really cool for sure. But he always sends me the new tech. Um, I don't know if you saw. You, you love Spotify as well. As well love as Spotify. Love Spotify. So Spotify just came out with this new product. Mm. It's an actual product. It's a piece of hardware. It's basically, imagine... Oh, the iPad? Half, I think I heard Half the size of an iPad Yeah, that goes on your dashboard in your car. It's the Spotify app just right there in your car. So you don't even use your phone for Spotify while you're driving anymore. Yeah. It's just the piece of hardware, and it's the Spotify app in a little fucking piece of metal in your in your car, and that's all it is. Wait, and if you... Okay, so is it... It's touchscreen. It's an iPad, right? It's literally your phone, but not your phone, just for Spotify. See, I have appreciated the fucking of Spotify for doing that stuff in the past because they came out with it's uh, the Spotify Shuffle, I believe they called it. Yeah. Uh, where it was just a little device. Um, it had buttons on it, physical buttons. I don't think it even had a screen. I can't remember. Um, but it, uh, it, 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 its entire purpose was to play music from Spotify like an iPod Shuffle. Um, I I oh, love I yeah. love their I love their hardware division. It, it's always doing interesting stuff. Like this been, this seems a little more like why don't you have an iPad? But no, this is cool though because it's like the snap lot, glasses. The what? It's like snap glasses. I think it's better. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's almost like it's. I think it's needed. I think it's like as much as everyone loves to have everything that they would ever need in their phone. Yeah. I would totally use if. If I could just have a piece of metal in my car, that's basically a piece of my car. It's basically yeah. an extension of my car that I use for all my music playing. And I don't even, my phone is just. Okay. I, so you, you, you keep saying piece of metal. Like I think when I think, yeah, I know. I don't know why I keep saying, I know I keep saying that because when I think hardware for companies. Yeah. Literal it's almost like the metal. Yeah. It's almost like the way Black Mirror describes your phone, which is a okay. Black Mirror. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's nothing more than a gadget. It's nothing more than a uh, material. Love Black Mirror too, uh, as well. We're going to have to talk about that in a oh, future amazing. episode. Yes. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's a gadget. It's material. And what is going on that's crazy is what's inside. 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm a huge technology nerd. We, we're definitely going to have to have a technology-centric episode in the future. So. Yeah, we should. And I've talked about that with other guests before. It's like, all right, down the road, when we realize we're kind of running out of guests, which hopefully never happens, yeah. we'll just pick on old guests. Yeah, just, just pull on Casper. Yeah, I'll just be like, all right, Casper. He'll be there. <laughs> Casper will be around this weekend. We can oh. uh, have him talk about the new technology coming around. Exactly. Oh my god, well, we've had a pretty good episode. Actually, a really good episode. I've been thinking about that as we've been going. It's like actually a really good episode. You've been a great guest. So, thank you for letting me interview you and Mm -hmm. hosting the actual setting of recording for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it would have been weird if we had to do this at my place in the room or or in my room or in the kitchen or whatever. I think this was a much better uh, relaxed setting for us to do it. No, absolutely. Next time we can have like the chill jazz playing. Yeah, we'll have the copyright jazz. We'll have the audio engineering going. The audio engineer. We'll we'll get the full crew here. We'll have the C stand set up. We'll record it. Okay. Throw it on WRST FM Oshkosh. We'll talk about that in the next episode too. We should have you uh, advertise the JSI podcast. Yeah. For the for the Oshkosh yeah, yeah. RTF field. <laughs> That'd I, be fun, I need to talk to my Mikey V for sure. But okay, so what was the title of your movie recommendation? It is. It is either Killer B or B colon the beginning. Okay. I'm going to check it out tonight. Yeah. So if you if you like action, if you like uh, beautiful animation, and if you like stories that, uh, that there's the superhero style story that involves myth, and if you like the uh, genius detective style story, this is literally the perfect thing. I It's... It's so perfectly filled a niche that I didn't even know I had that I was like, I, I have to tell everyone about this. Okay, good. Because if it's something that you feel like you should tell other people about, then it's got to be good. Okay, okay. That's At least that's how I feel about it. Because like, if you really enjoy it yourself to where you're like, other people need to experience this, then it's definitely good. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you everyone for listening this week. Uh, we had a good episode and we will be back next week. Let us know how you feel about the new format about me and Jesse doing our own separate interviews uh, on our own. Hopefully it feels a little more cleaner with one-on-ones rather than the two-on-ones with me and Jesse interviewing others. Uh, if you want to check out our Instagram at jsidepodcast or our Twitter at jsidepodcast or if any inquiries and want to contact us by email at jsidepodcast is also available. Casper, did you have anything you'd like to plug? I don't know if you're huge on social media for yourself content that you have or not, but feel free. In the, in the future, not now though. Okay, you're gonna. Well, I, I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure of course. to talk to you. Yeah, we've having a great time. So, yeah, we'll have Casper back on the show somewhere down the road. And thanks for listening. Everyone have a good night. Peace.